everyone. This is Sharon Doty with Keeping Them Safe, um, reminding you that we are committed to shifting the paradigm of child sexual abuse prevention and providing adults in the community with all the tools they need to interrupt the grooming process so that children never even get molested. So thanks for joining us today. Uh, We have a special guest with us today. Erica Frazier from the Oklahoma Health Department is here. Erica recently completed the Keeping Them Safe training program and has been presenting it in her community and looking at ways that this focus can make a difference with the people she interacts with. So welcome, Erica. I want to give you an an opportunity to introduce yourself and let people know who you are and what you do. Um, And then we'll just talk about how keeping them safe addresses um, issues that are not addressed in any other way. Okay, well, thank you for having me, Sharon. Um, My name is Erica Frazier. I'm with the Child Guidance Program with the State Department of Health. Um, It's a prevention program for kids birth through 13. So we do a lot of family work and a lot of uh, treatment of sexual abuse victims, honestly. So um, I've been a therapist for more than 20 years working with kids this whole time, and I'm a licensed professional counselor. That's great. And you just did the keeping them safe training. Why did you want to do that? Well, I was thrilled to hear about it because, uh, like I said, I've been a counselor for more than 20 years and I've always worked with children and and I've uh, seen my fair share of sexual abuse victims. So I understand the devastation it can cause. So all of the programs that I've been familiar with were aimed at educating children about how to keep themselves safe, you know, stop, go and tell and all good programs, all good information. I'm totally for that. However, it seems like a better plan to educate adults on the things to look for, because I constantly hear in sessions like we never thought this would happen. This was a someone we trusted. We had no idea. And, and you know, I've never had somebody tell me, well, you know, we totally saw all the signs. We just, you know, it, it's always a surprise. So if we can educate uh, parents, grandparents, adults, you know, teachers, other counselors, other professionals about what to look for. Ideally, we can prevent this from happening even more than just putting the responsibility on the children. So I I was thrilled when I heard about this program. Right. Um, You know, one of the things that I talk about sometimes is that um, the kind of training that we've provided adults up to this point has been what I call IRT, immediate response training. Yes. We've taught people to recognize kids who might have been abused. Right. We've taught them um, how to deal with disclosures. Mm -hmm. And we've taught adults how to report. Again, like you said, with the children, all very important tools for us to have. Right. None of which prevents child sexual abuse from happening. Right, right. It, it could ha- it could prevent it from happening again. Sure. You know, but but you're right. Uh, but I love what you said about the kids, because it's powerful for them to have those kinds of tools that that give them the ability to assert themselves, assert themselves and to take responsibility for their own actions. But we're the grownups. 
Right. Right. And, and, you know, there's tons of caring adults and people are just devastated when they find out something's happened to their child. So just learning that there was like ways to teach people what to look for was really encouraging to me to give another avenue for keeping kids safe rather than, like I said, putting the responsibility or knowing how to respond after it's already happened. So the idea of catching it before it ever becomes a problem was just absolutely thrilling to me as somebody who works in the field. Have you had the opportunity to present the program since you did the training? Yes, I have. And I'm hoping to do more with uh, Child Abuse Prevention Month coming up. So I've been plugging it lately. Actually, I think I might have formed a partnership today where I'm going to get it teach people these skills more. And I've I've done several presentations and every time I do it, I've had people come up and say, oh, you should, you know, come to this group or tell these people need this information. And I'm always willing to go and and show the information that I have. And what is it that people are responding to in the sessions? Well, I just recognizing the signs. It, it's kind of funny because sometimes I'll get a text afterwards, be like, I'm in Walmart and I'm on the lookout, but, you know, just like kind of empowering people to, to know what to look for. Um, and not all of the behaviors, you know, mean that you're definitely going to see a predator, but it's just stuff to look out for and to kind of interrupt, to be sure it doesn't happen. So I, I feel like it's just empowering people to trust their gut a lot of times because we talk ourselves out of things so often. You just have a weird feeling about somebody and you're like, well, no, you know, they're a teacher or, you know, they're a coach or they're a friendly neighbor. And so you talk yourself out of it based on what you see in the public when your gut's telling you otherwise. And I I feel like giving people actionable steps, things to look for, empowers them to trust their gut more and to you know, it's not calling people out. It's just interrupting risky behaviors and keeping the kids safe without being like, you know, you're getting kind of creepy there. You know, there's other ways to go about it. And it's, it's uh, just, it's, it's very practical. And I love that about this program. Yeah, that's, I love what you said there. That is one of the keys is that um, it's not people are nervous about that. When we talk about, we're going to prevent this from ever happening. They're nervous about we're calling people out. We're pointing fingers. We're making accusations. We're not. We're interrupting behavior. That's right. That's right. And like you said, the behavior may not have any bad intentions. Sure. But it's inappropriate. (laughs) If it's on this list, it's inappropriate. Right. And It's just raising awareness about what to look for. And people have been uh, really receptive to it. I've been impressed with the community response about it. Um, but when, when I tell people, Hey, can I come talk to you about preventing childhood sexual abuse? They're like, Oh, you know, kind of hesitant, but when they hear it, it's always been a positive response. So most of my opportunities for presentations have come from people who have already heard it and they're like, Oh no, it's really, it's, you know, it's practical advice. It's not calling people out or like a witch hunt, you know? Yeah. It's also not graphic conversations about child sexual abuse. Right, right. (laughs) Which is another thing people are nervous about. I always, almost always start a session by saying nothing in the program is graphic. Right, right. We are not going to talk about how this gets done. We're not going to talk about how a child gets molested. We didn't even ask when we were doing the interviews to really gather this information from the predators we spoke to. Uh Uh-huh. We didn't ask them what they did to kids. 
We only ask them, how'd you get access to kids? And so the the information we got was not about any sexual acts at all. Yeah. Can you, um, is there something that is, I mean, you do a lot of counseling with kids and is there, I've seen over the years that there's a uniqueness about this particular kind of abuse that I've noticed. And and, uh, I can just say what I've noticed. What I've noticed is, you know, a lot of people talk about, and there's a lot of literature about um, sexual assault being about power and control. Mm-hmm. And and in uh, in in the case of adult on adult, that is the case. All right. It's power and control. It's it is um, sex is weaponized, if you will. Right. They're not using a knife or a gun. They're using sex. And, and it's about power and control. Um, but I've noticed over the last 40 years of working in this field, there's more here because these predators actually think they love the kids. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And the kids, a lot of times, it's just so unfortunate. It's people that they care about as well that do many, you know, have had a positive influence on their life in some aspects, but you just can't overcome the just complete devastation that's caused by the sexual abuse. And it just really messes with their head when you've got someone telling you, I love you and often buying you a lot of gifts and letting you do stuff you really want to do that your parents might not let you do. But then at the same time, they're hurting you and there's all the secrecy around it. So it really messes with, uh, you know, their ability to trust and know, you know, what's what with adults, because the adults in their life, some of the adults, the offending adults in their life have um, just destroyed that and, and just really messed with their ability to know who to trust and what's what's real and what's just grooming really yeah and that is um, one of the scariest things about this about the way predators operate that we've discovered in looking only at how they operate you know Mm -hmm. um is that they not only as as you know from the training they not only cultivate a relationship with the kids but with the parents and the communities Right. They, they're they good at sucking people in and, and they're really good at their game. And, you know, years of experience, you learn how to get what you want. And, and these these people, the successful predators get pretty good at sucking everybody in. And that's why I think it's so important to educate the adults, because what you see is going to go against your gut feeling like they're going to look like great people in the community. They're they're volunteering. They're doing extra stuff for people. They're driving all the kids around. It's just all of these things that on the surface level look amazing. They're, you know, giving single moms a break or, you know, just whatever they can do to kind of ingratiate themselves to the family and win them over. So I think that educating adults on what to look for with the grooming behaviors is so important because it's kind of sometimes counterintuitive because these people look so good on the surface and like such a big help to you. It it really also points to what we were saying a few minutes ago, though, about it could just be inappropriate behavior. Right. So it's about interrupting it regardless. Yes. You know, regardless, you may have some well-meaning person who just has a dumb idea. Yes. And that happens a lot as well. So it's, it's, uh, I think that's the most, uh, kind of helps people feel relieved that we're not 
this program and learning this stuff, you're never calling people out. Like, wow, you seem very predatory here. You're just like interrupting behaviors. Like, I mean, you, you know, all these behaviors, but like, if, if it's somebody who's constantly, you know, got all the kids by themselves, like we take turns here or we, we go in pairs here and it's not, you're not accusing them of anything. You're just like, Hey, I'm here to help. There's no reason for you to take this burden on by yourself. And then that person if they're, you know, in their, in the right frame of mind, you're usually grateful for the help to where if it's a predator, you know, you're going to get a little bit different of a response, but either way, you know, your kids are safe now because you've, you know, made sure that there's a, a second adult and there's always someone else president present and the kids aren't allowed to be isolated with this person. Yeah. I, I did a session one time, a training session one time with a group of uh, youth ministers and they were probably 150, 200 youth ministers in the room at the time. And I got to that, this part of the program about noticing and speaking up. And this guy on the front row raised his hand (laughs) and I called on him and he stood up and he turned around and we'd been through the behaviors, right? We, we'd looked at the behaviors and we had spoken about where there's a line and where drawing that line is really important, like a bright line, um, and in some of those arenas and and he turned around to the room and he said okay a lot of you know me i've been doing this for a long time but i can see myself in some of these behaviors mm-hmm. i can see that i've thought this was a good idea and what i'm going to be asking you all to do is keep your eyes on me and point out to me when i'm unconsciously doing things that i shouldn't be doing now, when you got somebody who's doing that, who stands up in the room and says, oops, you better watch out for me because I sometimes think these are great ideas. Right. That's one thing. That's someone you can, you know, you want to notice because he asked for it. But still, that's someone you, it's the one who gets upset. Right. <laughs> because you call them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that you want to pay special attention to. But if you're, if someone's intentions are good, mm-hmm. then like you said, they're grateful to know, oops, these behaviors are risky mm-hmm. and, and can, you know, one of the things I talk about a lot in the training is that if we're not conscious about our own behaviors and paying attention to these things in our own environments with our own, the kids we interact with, what we're doing is conditioning children to accept this kind of behavior from somebody. Right. And, 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 and then we're conditioning the community to accept it. And, and to your point of people saying, well, you know, but his father is the, this and his parents are that. And, and he's a good kid and he did blah, blah, blah. And he was really active in youth groups. So it makes sense that he would want to be part of the scouting thing now and making excuses for things that they're uncomfortable with. Right. If you're also looking at that through the lens of what actions are being taken here that could be conditioning a child Mm -hmm. that somebody with a bad intention can take advantage of. Right. Because that really also reminds people, no, 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 this is not about pointing fingers. It's not about accusations. It's not about calling people out. It's about creating an environment where no sexual abuse can occur. Right. And, you know, honestly, it makes sense for the adults too, because when you think about like when you have policies and procedures written for adults working with kids, 
a lot of them are there to protect the adults as well, because you never want there to be that suspicion about you. And, you know, people worry about, well, what if somebody says something? Well, don't put yourself in a situation where they can. So if you present the information like that as well, like this is for everybody, this isn't exclusively for the kids, but you're protecting the reputation of adults as well, because there's not any room for any misunderstandings or rumors or anything like that. Because if you're following guidelines, like what we're talking about, that would, you know, risky behaviors, if you're not engaging in those, then people aren't going to be wondering about you in the first place. So you're setting yourself up for success in working with kids as well. Yeah, that's a really important aspect of this that I think sometimes gets overlooked. But the fact of the matter is, it is impossible. It really is impossible to overcome an accusation, a false accusation. Right, right. It does. Go ahead. I was going to say that this, the following these guidelines and eliminating these risky behaviors makes it near impossible for that to hold any weight for you to be falsely accused of something, because if you're, you know, honoring these guidelines and, and, and hopefully policies are written around, around these behaviors, um, then you're going to be a whole lot less likely to end up in hot water for something you, you didn't do also as an adult. So I think it's just a win for everybody to implement the risky behavior, like what you learn from it and implement policies around it to protect everyone. Yeah, great. Well, Erica, thank you very much for taking some time with us today. I appreciate you. uh, First of all, I appreciate your commitment to the value of the program Mm -hmm. and that you are looking for ways to continue to expand the conversation in your community and in, in other arenas, because I know you don't just present this program in the health department or in the guidance center. Right, right. I get out in the community as much as people have me. I I certainly have been putting the word out and uh, have taken any opportunity I've I've received to uh, promote promote this awareness and just educate adults. And hopefully we'll uh, get a little closer to eliminating the sexual abuse problem that we have in Oklahoma. Yeah, I I hope that that's the case. I also know that um, one of the one of the ways that'll happen is by continuing to do programs. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I have five people at a program and sometimes I have 500 people at a program. And, and every time, like you said, when they see the value, most, a lot of people walk in with a kind of a chip on their shoulder. Yes. <laughs> thinking they already know everything you're going to say, right? Right. right. <laughs> you're so right. And then at the end of the session, they go, okay, well, I didn't really know this. <laughs> I yeah. might have I might have recognized some of those behaviors, but I didn't really know what to do about it. Right. It's actionable. And I love that because you don't, I, I mean, I never want to leave anybody uh, feeling like, oh, the world's a bleak place and there's nothing I can do. There is stuff you can do. And so to me, it's giving people hope. Like, yeah, bad things happen, but here, here's something that you can actually do to improve your outcomes of your family, of the kids you interact with, of your community. And it just, it's, it, it's so empowering to actually have something to do rather than to just sit back and think, oh, I feel helpless in this situation. So I just, I love getting to work with adults and just in empowering them to recognize signs and do something about it. It's great. It's great. Thanks. Um, reminded me that a few weeks ago, um, a friend on Facebook 
posted a little video of his four-year-old granddaughter. And she was just as cute as, as she could be, but she was running around trying to do tumbling in, uh, in her underpants. Mm-hmm. And I sent him a message and said, take the video down. Mm-hmm. And I said, you don't know, but that's the kind of video that a predator will latch onto copy and it'll be on the dark web. And your granddaughter will now be something they are, you know, drooling over. Right. And what was really great was his response was, thanks for having the courage to tell me that. Yeah. And that's what what you're pointing to is giving people things to say. That wasn't any big deal. I just said, Ignacio, don't do that. I have no idea. Um, you know, it was just a matter of letting him know that there was a risk here. Mm-hmm. And and he appreciated it and didn't beat himself up, didn't, you know, it, it just was letting someone know. And when you get yourself trained and developed in this program, you actually can see those things. Right. So I really appreciate that you have taken this on for your community and to expand the conversation. Um, and we move this forward. Yes. I, I, am very excited to get the word out because like I said, it's just empowering. I, I like it. It feels like we can do something. Great. Thanks, Erica. We're glad to, that you were able to join us today. And this is Sharon Doty from keeping them safe, committed to creating a new paradigm for child sexual abuse prevention that creates an environment where no child ever has to fear being sexually assaulted by someone that says they care about them. Mm-hmm. Thanks for being with us today. Forward to spending time with you in future episodes. Remember, if you have questions or comments, please send them to SWD, keeping them safe at gmail.com or give me a call at 918 625 6079.